What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have another amazing guest. Her name's Maureen Madretsky. How's everything going today? Going pretty good. Good, good. Can't complain. Awesome. So I know, I know, like it's. I know you live in Seattle, so it's a lot sunnier over there. We've been. How how's the weather been over there? Um, it's actually been super nice this summer. Like, I went out to the coast a couple weeks ago, which usually the Washington coast like doesn't matter how warm it is. It's gray skies. Yeah. And it was like clear skies. It's been like mild summer, but we've had we've definitely had some hot days. It's been a beautiful summer. Nice, overall. yeah. I so I live I live down in Atlanta, so it's like hot, muggy, humid, and it's just it's you literally walk outside and you're already sweating. So it's I would love to get like one of those types of like summers of like nice, nice, cool, a little bit, nothing, nothing too hot or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, today it's like 75 with a nice breeze, which is perfect because you can pretty much wear whatever you want. And yep. You're not gonna be overheated. Yeah. Or too cold. Yeah, like we even like if you that like, if I even wear like shorts and like no shirt on, it's immediately like walking to my car already sweating because it's already hit ninety degrees and it's like nine o'clock in the morning. So. Yeah, and the humidity. Yeah, I I can't I can't. Humidity there is really bad, right? Yeah, it's insane, absolutely insane. But um, but yeah. So the first question I want to talk to you, ask you is that when you got when did you get diagnosed with diabetes? I was diagnosed in 2001 when I was seven years old. Okay. As a first grader. <laughs> yeah. So, so how how did you find out when you got diagnosed? Um, I mean, I was in first grade, and I was like, I'm still, I'm not like super tall. I'm only five foot three, and as a kid, I was a really small kid. Um, I've always been a really sturdy kid, but. When I was in first grade, I lost like 20 pounds, and so for someone as small as I was, my mom was like, "Obviously, there's something wrong." Um, and I never wanted to go to school. I would like just stay in the car and not get out of the. And like I'd throw huge tantrums, and I was just like crying all the time. Um, and so my mom knew something was off, and then my urine changed color. So and I was just going up all the time. So she took me in, and our family doctor that like knew right away and he was like yeah she needs to go to the emergency room take her right now so yeah so so obviously being being in first grade it's like a huge transition does does your anybody in your family have uh, diabetes at all or is it just you um so my cousin who is like five years older than me he was actually diagnosed a week after me okay so i was or yeah, I was seven. I guess he's six years older. He was thirteen, so he's type one as well. Okay, so how was the transition from you know being a non diabetic to being a diabetic in like the earlier years? Because I've never had that experience. Because I, like I said, like say all my podcasts, I got diagnosed at like a month before my thirty fifth birthday. So I don't have the experience that some of you guys have when you guys get diabetes at a younger age. So what was what was it like like growing up with diabetes? Um, I mean, initially, like, I remember going to that doctor's appointment and having them take me to the doctor or to the hospital because I was actually really excited. I had no idea what was going on. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the hospital. I thought it was like, you know, like, you're going to the fair. You're going <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> um, 
And so, but after that, like, I don't, I honestly don't remember, like, a lot of, like, the transition of going from, like, not eating, or, like, my mom did everything. So, my mom cooked my food. I didn't notice too much, um, like, how I was, how things had changed. And I've always been, like, a very, like, tough person. And so, she always, she told me that, like, when I was first diagnosed, like, she had a hard time giving me shots because it made her upset. But I didn't care. Yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, like, this is what we're doing now. And um, she just was like, you're such a tough little kid. Like, you just dealt with it so well. And, like, I always, like, when I would get my blood drawn, I never, she's like, your face is just so straight all the time. Like, you just took it. Like, it was nothing. (laughs) um, But, I mean, also, you know, growing up, like, I've always been very athletic and I've always played sports. And so, like, I would say, one that that's always been like one of the biggest factors for me that I think has kept me healthy and like given me drive to stay um like in my ranges and under good control but it it was also like hard being an athlete as even as a kid um and like there's things like I'm still finding out my parents did that you know when I was a kid they didn't tell me about like oh you didn't go to that you had games you missed and like things like that or like you had a thing you were supposed to go to but your blood sugars were off so we didn't let you go or like banquets and stuff like that because they didn't want me dealing with like treats and yeah but as a kid I didn't know about it (laughs) yeah it didn't matter yeah well they well they did they did a really good job of hiding it from you so yeah well I was also I'm one of um six kids I'm number five okay so there was always another reason you know to back from something because there was probably someone else out of a sporting event I had to go to instead or you know there was lots of cover-ups yeah well that's cool so do they did, you, have you been on the pump before like what were, you, were you using like just injections the whole time all the way through like you know high school and college or what What was it like for taking insulin for you um, I took I was on injections until I was in 6th grade so 2006 um, and then I got my first insulin pump, which was a Medtronic, and I had that all middle school. Um, and that was like, I mean, I definitely liked it. it. Was I was really sick of taking shots, and um, I didn't always they didn't always work for me. Like I didn't absorb the insulin as well through shots, just because I was getting like scar tissue, and I would always go in the same spot. Yeah. Um, and going on the pump with like basal rates and whatnot like really helped my blood sugars. Um, like stay in good control a lot better than being on like long-term insulin and whatnot Mm -hmm. um but then in high school I had an Omnipod like I think maybe all four years I can't remember or maybe just I think I had Medtronic my freshman year or two but I swam and played water polo so I used an Omnipod because I didn't have to take it off during the games um and for water polo and I could still get my basal rate, and I could just increase it. So okay. That was super nice and convenient. Yeah. Um, and I had that until my first year of college, and then they, like, upgraded, and I had so many problems with them, and I I couldn't – they, like, basically, the they'd stop giving me – it would stop giving me insulin hours before it would say it was, like, out, or not even out, but it would, like – do like an alarm or something and so all of a sudden I'd be like why is my blood sugar going up 
and all of a sudden I'd be like 400 and I would do a dunking class or whatever, run to my dorm and like take a shot or whatever. And it was like constantly happening. So I just, I got rid of that. And then I was on shots for like a year and a half just because. And then I got the pump I have now, which is a hand up. Okay. All right. Very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm working my way to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, not awesome, but yeah. Uh, but like, I so I'm actually working my way to get a Medtronic's pump for the first time because I've never I've done shots the whole time. So I'm I'm working on that, and so I'm trying to do like a. They say like if you don't make this amount per year, you could actually get a lower price for it, like a pay, like a kind of like a kind of like a payment plan for it. So I'm trying to yeah. figure out what the like what we need to get to get to that lower rate because obviously like my insurance pays for a good amount of it but it's still expensive for the first initial yeah. pay so yeah i pretty much i've been pretty lucky with insurance um in washington i mean for the like the last time i got my washington healthcare and they cover like everything um so that was really nice like at least in my adult life and then when I was a kid my I didn't really know my parents paid whatever or whatever they didn't care they're just like she needs to be alive and be healthy yeah <laughs> whatever it takes yeah no, I, I understand yeah um yeah. so so were you playing sports in college at all or I did not play sports in college I really wanted to um I wanted to play collegiate water polo but when I was in high school, I didn't really, like, know how to go about, like, getting scouted. It's not a huge sport. Yeah. You kind of have to know people and have connections to, like, get in. Like, California is, like, the biggest place to play. Um, but I just, like, didn't really know what to do. And, like, my senior year was kind of weird. So I was like, whatever. And then I just, that was, in college is when I, like, really started, like, just working off of my own. Okay. And I know you're you're really big into CrossFit now. So when did that all come about? Um, about two years ago, like exactly right now. So I had been like I worked out on my own through college. I used to run a lot in college, um, just because it was accessible. And the rec center at my school was like a hundred yards from my dorm room, and it was open night every day. So you Yeah. Except for like athletes working out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did play. I played intramural in college, which that was a lot of fun. Um, but CrossFit kind of bloomed out of just like working out on my own. I did like a lot of like high intensity. I did a lot of hit training and like high intensity stuff. But I and I loved it. Like I loved like the adrenaline rush from it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also extremely competitive. Um, so two years ago, September, I like signed up for, um, the gym that I work at now and like the girl who was working like for, it was like an on-ramp class. So you go in, it was like the first two weeks were free. And then after that, you decide if you want to stick around and you sign up for a membership. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, the first day I walked in, I was like, this is dope. Like, yes. And she was like, this, like, we're very 
competitive. Like, if you're competitive, you're going to love it. And um, I, like, knew after the first class, I was like, yeah, this is totally my jam. I'm totally going to stick it out. I'm, like, I just loved it. Um, and I've been at that gym, like, ever since. And I've done a couple competitions with people there and then a couple individual on my own. Uh, and now I coach there. Nice. So what's the, what's the CrossFit gym called? Um, it's called Town Athletics. Okay. Or if you Google, it's Tacoma CrossFit. Okay. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not Seattle, I'm Tacoma. Yeah. But. <laughs> so, so do they change it after the whole Greg Glassman thing to, to the athletics part? Or, or when did, when did that change? No, we've always been Town Athletics. Um, our affiliate name is Tacoma CrossFit. That's not even like our gym name at all. We're or we're town athletics that's our thing we've always been that like above all else regardless of CrossFit like our we follow like CrossFit methodology but we're town athletics okay yeah, I've I've seen I've seen your stories and your videos of like the gym so I mean it it looks pretty cool I mean it's got a big big like big space and everything like that so with Olympic lifting pads it's, and like their own rig yeah, and stuff it's like that much smaller. Yeah. Because most, well, most CrossFit gyms you see like have these huge warehouses and like garage doors and stuff. And they're like the facility where I'm at, it used to be like a hair salon. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. So, or like, um, yeah. And so they basically, when I started, it was like half the size it is. And they had just opened up the wall and started expanding. And so the platform they actually built the floor up like a foot and a half so we have pound pads so we can drop weight they were getting uh, noise complaints from the neighbors yeah and so we can drop weight and we have like wood platforms we have six wood platforms and then there's actually platforms built into the floor throughout the whole rest of the gym so we have i think like total there's like 24 places you can lift and drop weight um which is pretty cool because not a lot of gyms and we have like the owners of my gym are very much like have all the best equipment like we're so spoiled um they have our we have a class capacity which is different because of covid of course but um normally our class sizes are 12 so it's we have 12 rowers 12 skiers and 12 echo bikes wow and so everyone always has like you can always do the workout as prescribed basically okay yeah, that's that's crazy because a lot of people don't have don't even have the ski ergs, so they'll yeah. maybe have like two one or two, but like but twelve that that's that's a good amount. So are they mounted to the wall or are are like can you like transport them everywhere? Um, they do have like the everything can be moved because the space isn't super big, so we set up like for the day. So whatever the prescribed workout is, like we'll set up the equipment for what we need. So like. The workouts um, on Friday had both echo bikes and the skiers, so we pulled those out, and then all the rowers and extra stuff is off to the side. Okay, so cool. So, um, so as a coach, how do you get your your class to like buy into like what the workout is for the day, and like kind of push themselves to you know to get better? Um, I mean, I think with like CrossFit and Mm-hmm. And I always try to tell people, like, just, like, it's infinitely scalable. 
to like how you feel for the day so like do the workout but don't kill yourself unless you really want to yeah I do sometimes yeah so, um but you know our we have a super strong community and so even if like you know the workout sucks people still want to do it just to be like with the community and being active um, and just like involved but we have a very diverse community and like we have members who are like in their late 60s who like one woman in particular has like had has like a rock her shoulders and she can't do like anything overhead so we have to scale for her every day for anything we do like that so um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, what are, what are the things that you're working on on yourself, like for CrossFit? Everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, well, like I just made a post today, like muscle ups. I recently got my first strict muscle up and my first camping muscle up, um, and that was kind of like my one thing I couldn't do yet. Like I knew I could probably do it. But last year, I'd been really trying to get a kipping muscle up, and one of my coaches was like, hey, you're done trying until you get a strict. So you're not allowed to do a kipping muscle up until you can do a strict muscle up. So we know that you have the strength and, like, the ability to do a kipping one. Yep. Um, and that's kind of how everything in my gym is. You can't – you're not allowed to do kipping pull-ups until you can do, like, three to five strict pull-ups. So um, – and then – so that was like one of the big things I was trying to like kind of check off my goal list and I when we were closed for three months all I did well that enhanced the stand walking which I could I could stand walk but not very far um so over quarantine all I did was handstand walk do core work and I had two 40 pound dumbbells so every workout that I did so my upper body strength got a lot better. Yep. Um, and then I just did like tons of push-ups, tons of pull-ups, and tons of rows uh, while we were close and less pain. So it's it's kind of actually since we've opened up back in June, my upper body strength has like definitely improved like noticeably, and then like all my gym gymnastic skills have just kind of clicked. So I'm like. Like, I can handstand walk, like, 40 feet now. Nice. I have muscle-ups. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of, like, keeping on the grind and improving and getting better so I can do more and do my conditioning in those movements, too. Um, yeah, and then weightlifting. I love it. I, like, I want all the numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I my... My snatch and my clean and jerk, like, improving on those is a big deal for me, too. So, trying to, like, goal for clean and jerk, I, like, I mean, next time I test, I want to hit 220. And then my snatch, I'm trying to hit, like, 160. Like, oh, you could definitely get that. You you could definitely get yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think so, too. Um, with especially, like, I've been doing Catalyst Athletics, um, programming for weightlifting right now and it's freaking hard <laughs> but it's paid off so yeah I so before before the comp tra- before comp training when I was training I would do misfit athletics and they love doing Olympic weightlifting complexes like they'll they want to bury you 
just with the complexes and even yeah. com- even comp train they're 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 at the point they're starting to do, they're doing that too so like i think co- like doing those different complexes are like a huge help to get those get the weights up and also there's like especially oh, what especially when i learned with the snatch is if you turn your elbows in to your body it fires the lats up and then if you um you know curl your curl your hand down so like the bottom knuckle like your top knuckles are actually on the ground when you do those things together you get a better pull and then when you hit you can get underneath it a lot quicker so yeah so my issue with my snatch right now is my feet under the bar yeah so like i don't think i can like strength wise i'm strong enough to lift more but technique wise with my I'm not going to be able to get some of, like, the numbers I want unless I work on that. Yeah. And as I've been, I just started to do an eight-week cycle with athletics, which is, like, one of the programs you can buy on their website. Um, and I've just been doing stuff like drop snatches and snatch balances. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so bad at these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't how bad yeah i i agree because like with with me it's the same thing like i'll get underneath it and i'm almost doing like a power snatch by the time i catch it because i rip because i rip it so hard and they'll like and, and like uh, a, a fellow diabetic uh, miss maddie may maddie boland she's telling me you know you need to get underneath that bar quicker because you could probably pull another like 20 40 pounds on that snatch just to get underneath yeah, it up yeah. and i'm like that's about where I'm at. Yeah, I'm like I can't. I'm 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 super quick, but then like it just it, the bar gets so high that I can't squat all the way down to like the bottom bottom part of the of the snatch. So it's like, what do I do? So I'm just like I yeah, guess my uh, my power snatch and my full snatch are only three kilos apart right now. So yeah, <laughs> if that tells you how high I can pull the bar, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's cool. So, so you do you have your CrossFit level one? Do you have any other certifications at all? Or um, so I'm getting. I'm not. I don't have my CFL one yet. Um, like I just have my personal trainer, but I, I'm just, I was just basically waiting until COVID. So now I'm registered to get it, but it won't be the closest class or like basically December is the next time they have a class in Seattle. So. Yeah. I'm a very tactical person, so if I see something done or I hear it be done from a person in person, then I, I understand it a lot better. Yeah, yep. It's out on the, I'm in the same boat as you are, so that's I need to have someone right in front of me just to understand everything. So, um, so the op- the opens coming up in February. Are you almost ready for it, or what, how, what are you doing to train to get ready for it? I mean, I I don't I don't feel like I specifically train for the open. Um, I like especially like since I started, I feel like I'm just at the point in CrossFit where like I have all my skills down and I can really like drive my conditioning hard now um, and work on. Terrible, it's pretty decent. Um, but I use the open more to just be like personal improvement and like how I've been doing over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I did the Open, I... Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. The first time I did the Open, I, like, placed, like, I don't know, like, 
45,000 or something. I didn't enter one of the workouts, so that skewed my results. Um, and then last year when I did it, I was like, one of the workouts, I was sick. <laughs> so I didn't even like, I did it, but I was like, I don't care about <laughs> it or whatever. Yeah. It was that workout with, um, it was like the dumbbell thrusters, toast bar. Oh, yeah. Unders. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I got, I went from, you know, 45,000 my first year to 13,000, 11,000, I think. So, you know, if I can bump up to like five, that'd be cool. <laughs> hey, that's, that's amazing though. That's a huge jump from when you first started. I, so, I mean, from their first year to the second year, that's a big jump though. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I feel like, I don't know. I have strength wise, that's like strength workouts are definitely my jam. Um, so that's kind of like my improvement has been my gymnastics for sure. And just like my conditioning. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where I place, um, this next year as like my gymnastics have gotten so much better and my conditioning has gotten so much better. Um, I mean, yeah, I've gotten stronger, but I like even last year my numbers like haven't changed super dramatically. Um, I just like was still kind of un unveiling my capabilities. Yeah. I guess you could say. Yep. Yeah, I, I hear you. Like so with with me being like six five, my gymnastics is a little bit difficult. Like doing toes to bars and like handstand push ups is like the worst yeah. for me. And I always try to tell myself like. You know, all right, this year we're going to work on it. We're going to hit it. We're going to hit it. We're going to hit it. And, like, I try it, and it's still, like, I, I don't know if it's my grip strength or just being long-limbed or whatnot. It's just I've always have a hard time with doing gymnastics stuff. Yeah, it's I, – I would say with my height, I'm definitely kind of, like – well, other than, like, things that are good for tall people, like rowing and – Wall balls. Uh, wall yeah. Wall balls. Yeah. <laughs> everything – is almost I feel like more of an advantage to be shorter, right? Yeah, yeah. They I think um, they, just I like th barbell cycling. You don't have to move, move yeah. as far. So yeah. With and yeah. I I think I I remember them doing a study saying that like ninety five percent of all the CrossFit movements are good for like people that are like five five nine and under. If you're but if you're like six feet and over, you're screwed. It's like, but like the only two are wall balls and rowing, and I'm like, thank God that was in one workout. So, like a couple of years ago. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. But uh, so um, so are you trying to are you planning for anything else uh with like CrossFit at all by the end of the year? Okay. Um, and that's pretty much, I think it's been canceled. Like, normally I didn't, I haven't followed them, like, on Instagram or, uh, but their qualifiers are usually in June and they didn't have them this year. So, yeah, there's really, no, I don't think they're having it, but it's, it's a bummer because it's an awesome competition and it's crazy because 
it's like local and then you go and there's like some insane athletes yeah like, there's games athletes that go um and the other big one is the can west games which is in uh british columbia in canada and like i don't think that's going on either or if it is like no americans are going yeah yeah <laughs> so. so have you have you thought about doing any weightlifting competitions at all I mean, I, I think, like, because I, I want to do an Olympic weightlifting competition, too. and But my thing is, like, I listen, I just want to be there, just try it out, see what it's all about. And, you know, maybe I'll pursue a little bit more of it. But, like, I just want to just get my, my toes wet just a little bit. And I'm actually, we're actually really excited because tomorrow, on Monday, I'm actually get my uh, my new lifters I bought off of eBay. The Nike, the new Nike 3 Romalos, whatever. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, because I've never had. What color? Uh, they're all white. I got them. Insane deal! Like I got them for sixty bucks, and they're usually like two hundred dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, that's super good. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. I was like scrolling through. I'm like, okay, what can I get? What can I get? And I saw those. I'm like, oh yes, click. And I was the only bidder on it too. Like no one else went for it. Yeah, it was some 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 guy from like some guy from Kent, Washington. I was like, holy smokes, is this really true? And like I saw like the. Like thirty seconds left. You know when you get like anxious with eBay and you like you're like got thirty yeah. seconds. You have to like just please, please no like refresh, refresh, refresh. And yeah, like and I got it. I can't believe it. So I did have a pair of Reebok lifters before, but that was when I got like my knees were like I had like some issues with my knees and um, I couldn't really squat properly or just use them right. So I just got rid of them and just kept on using my uh, my Metcon. So I'm really excited to try these lifters and you know be a lot yeah. be more ready and you know ready for them probably gonna take like two weeks of adjusting yeah just because the height yeah difference, like Yeah. You could do wads and stuff too, but the heel wasn't as high. And so then I got Reeboks like just adjusting from that heel to the Reebok heel, which wasn't a huge difference. Like I was constantly for like the next two weeks, I kept missing like all my snatch lifts because I would just like drop it because I felt like I was so far forward. Yeah. And I was like, I wasn't, I had to pull more and I was like, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> now I'm used to it, but yeah. So, so are you with those lifters? Are you leaning back more than you were before, like your regular shoes, or what? Like, what? Because I'm not really quite sure how it, what it's like. Well, I mean, when you're up on a heel, your your angle is different. So, like your feet, the angle of your feet are more like this. So you're gonna feel like you're more forward. Yeah. So I, it's just adjusting to like, basically like staying tall and not. Like 
you know, kind of molding to the shoe, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it just, it definitely made a difference. Yeah. Like, I had to kind of, like, break into the shoe. <laughs> So did you did you have to like heat your shoes because the the old old Reebok lifters I had they had the U form where you put them in like like you could put them in the oven or like put them in a hot car and then once like the logo turns red you put your feet in it and walk around a little bit just to mold to your feet does do the legacies do that? No, mine didn't work like that. Okay, yeah, because I've heard about those and they're like supposedly super comfortable, right? Uh, I mean it was. Uh, I mean, mine were used, so I really, I mean, I, I really can't give like a great example of it because, yeah, they were like molded. So, I actually put them in my, my car uh, one summer in Atlanta, and literally like fifteen minutes, it already was like lit up with like the red was the red logo, uh, the label was lit up uh, lit up red. So I put them on, warmed a little bit, but I just didn't feel too comfortable wearing them. So I, I don't know if it was just because they've been used for so long. They were like the original CrossFit like lifters. The Reebok lifters, yeah. so I mean, they probably had a lot of use in them. So I was like, I, I don't, I don't think I got a good opportunity like breaking them in properly. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, um, are you are you looking to get any more like lifting shoes at all, or you know, do, are you gonna stick with that one? I do like the ones I have. Um, I was kind of bummed after I I'd only had them for like a month, and the toe chipped. But it's my it's my right foot, which when I split jerk, I'm left foot forward. So it's the toe that I'm always like up on in my back foot. Yep. So I was like, okay, well maybe it's just because of that. But like I have a number of friends who have the same shoes and they haven't had that problem. And I'm I could complain, but I'm not I'm not I don't know I'm lazy to do that. <laughs> I, I don't want to have to break in another pair of shoes. Yeah. No. I. 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 No. I completely understand. Yeah. I. I think when I get these, I'm just one and done. Like, I'm just going to stick with these forever. So, unless, like, some, like, some magical shoe comes up and it's like, oh, I got to get it, you know. I mean, depending how much you lift in them, though, like, I, uh, my friend has the Nike Romeos and, like, he's had them for, like, a year and he, his were, like, falling apart, like, the sole on the thing off and he called Nike and was like, hey, like, I haven't had these that long like they're like deteriorating and they're like well how much do you lift and he's like well five six days a week <laughs> you know for like an hour or two and they're like well that's a lot so get a new pair <laughs> <laughs> he was like whatever yeah all right so 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 how do you how do you maintain your blood sugars level levels while you're working out um usually i work out at the same time every day or i try to mornings from like 10 30 to 12 30 um and so then I've already had breakfast you know I don't like I don't have a lot of lows unless like it's like a fluke or something's like off um and then I notice like if I get high it's usually because like I'm squatting heavy or like my you know my cortisol levels are going up because um, of whatever kind of activity I'm doing which I don't have a lot of issues with that in the morning but in the evenings if I work out in the evenings, I've noticed that, like, my cortisol levels, like, are much higher uh, for some reason. And so it's, like, as soon as I start lifting, my blood sugar is going up. So I try to take insulin, but I don't work out in the evening too often. So it's usually not an issue. But if I even do, like, a Metcon after I lift, it's just 
shoots up and then it takes a while for it to come down too. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, do you typically like to lift like early morning or like what's your, what's your desire? If you had like nothing going on, what's your desire time that you like to lift? Um, I like lifting like I lift at 1030 or like 11. Okay. So, and like at my gym too, like I coach classes. So we have a class at 930 and a class at 1230. So if I coach those classes, I just work out in between them. And then I pretty much will either have the rest of the day free or it depends if I have clients or whatever. Okay. So how many how many clients do you typically have? Like obviously, let, let's just say pre-COVID, like how many clients would you have like during the week? Um, so I wasn't actually working at my gym pre-COVID. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just started uh, working there like when we opened up in June. Okay. All right, very it's cool. It's been interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. did you bring some of your um, so did you bring some of your clients over to the CrossFit gym at all, or they just stay there? So, well, the thing is, like, with our, the way our gym is structured, like, I we can do most of the clients I'm working with. If I say like I have a client, they're usually an onboarding person. Okay. So they're coming in. I do we do like a five session on ramp, um, and then they go in as a member. So, if, so right now, that's all I'm doing pretty much. I have, I'm doing onboarding, and then I coach classes. Um, I am actually in the process of starting a new program at my gym. So, um, the way our, like, the, the gym is structured, like, the staff are welcome to, basically, they call us, like, intrapreneurs. So, we can kind of build our own programs and business within their business um and unlike a lot of other gyms like I get like 50% of everything I plan so if I bring in a ton of clients I get 50% of it and which is like unheard of I feel like yeah at least around here most gyms you don't get like most personal training or things like that you're not getting much at all no because um but Oh, no, so like when I when I started personal training, like you start at like forty five percent, and then within like the year or year and a half, you go up to like forty eight, and you really don't hit that fifty percent mark till like I don't know after you like third year or something like that. It's like the obviously the global gyms they just really care about is the numbers, and they really don't care about you know paying their. I I don't think they 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 don't like paying their personal trainers. Because they just all all they just care about oh. is the bottom line. So yeah, and like the gyms I have, the other gyms I have worked at, um, like I worked at this locally owned. It was like all women's gym, and they paid it was like twenty three dollars an hour was like the starting pay. But then you didn't. There was like no structure of like how you got more. They were just kind of like we'll we'll feel you out. And so, which was really stupid, and I didn't stay there very long. Um, and then I worked at LA Fitness for a short time too, and they basically pay you per session, but they only do thirty-minute sessions. So they're you're basically making like nothing. Yep. <laughs> and you have to have like a bajillion clients and have them just keep coming, or you're like you're just making like no money. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because they charge so much for their personal training and then they don't treat their personal trainers well so it's like how can you expect them to stick around and like 
do anything for your gym, yep. you're not going to pay them. Yeah, it's a, it's a revolving door because I used to see – because I was at the gym before I left. I was like four years in and I would see people like rotate through this through the place like all the time. And it's like yeah. – and then I realized I'm like, okay, if I want to make – let's just say like 60 grand this year. Like I really wanted to get it. Get it I would have to work six 12-hour shifts with no breaks whatsoever throughout the whole time and it's just like i'm not gonna i'm I'm not gonna kill myself i like i have a wife and kid and i have another one on the way and it's like it's not worth it so and plus it's it's not stable so that's why yeah that's when i moved that's when i moved to being a full-time recruiter and i'm just doing like personal training like part-time because it's like i need something i need something more stable especially with having two kids now and like i need to pay for my insulin and and the insurance there I could barely get it because I wasn't even hitting like 33 hours during the week. Yeah, and like, and that's why I like working at my gym. I I know the owners. Like, I trust them. We're we're friendly. Like, I if I have a problem, I can go directly to them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, what's up?" Yeah. You know. Um, but it's just like it's like the best possible situation I could have found, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, and. I, it was really nice because I'd already been a member there for so long that, like, it was a really easy transition, and, like, a lot of people already knew me, so, and, like, knew my skill set, knew what I was doing, so, like, when I walked in as a coach, they were like, oh, okay, you know, like, kind of saw this coming kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, so I'm starting a high school program uh, at the gym, like, next month. I, like, am just getting all my stuff organized and, like, starting to kind of reach out about it to some local high schools and, like, athletic directors tomorrow, um, trying to build a high school program for, like, off-season high school athletes, um, especially because, like, right now, I don't know in Atlanta, but, like, all our schools are closed here, and so for, like, I know me being, like, a very dedicated high school athlete, I would have been going insane if I couldn't have my sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's something like the gym has definitely wanted like over the past like since they've been open which has been about five years but they haven't had anyone like want to really take it on um and it's cool because like as you know people come in and like i'm running the thing it's kind of i get to do what i want with it it's my program uh and then i can kind of like evolve it as time goes on too yeah so what's what's the uh What's the program going to look like for these athletes when you when they start coming in? Um, it's going to just be – so they'll have, like, an option to choose, like, three days a week or two days a week. Um, and then it's just going to be putting emphasis on, like, the Olympic lifts. And then if you're in the third day a week program, the third day of the week is going to be more of, like, a skills day, working on, like, gymnastics and whatnot. Um, so the idea is kind of to – increase strength power and cardiovascular fitness kind of what crossfit does but um, just for like a more youth focused thing so the first season it's gonna be like a 12-week season the first one um is kind of it's gonna kind of be like a trial and error type thing and then i'm gonna take like the best pieces and over time the idea is to eventually have like tiers so you might be like the um, like a, on a yellow team or a blue team or like a green team and like the green team is like 
I'm not a high school athlete. I do CrossFit. You yeah. know, like I this is my sport now. Um, but like the yellow might be like, oh, I play lacrosse and I just need something to do in my off season, keep me in shape and like get better. I'm working on like speed and agility. And so like there might be like a more sport focused program. Like it's the same program, but it's going to be more like fine tuned. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yep. No, I got gotcha. you. Awesome. So have your, so with the owners of that gym, have they like, are they giving you like opportunities to grow more within the company or like what's like, what, what are the next well, steps that you're trying to do? So that's kind of it right now. Um, they have said like down the road that like there's three owners um, and like so down the road there will be like potential for a gym manager. I'm not sure that's something I'm interested in, <laughs> um, but like the way they've structured it for like their employees is your your potential is whatever you want to make it. So they're very open. Um, to all sorts of programs and like kind of building your clientele however you want um they let us actually like price so if i had a personal training client that was doing like one-on-one with me i get to set my own uh, i set to like it's like eighty dollars an hour, everything, um, and they get basically. So, which is like forty four percent. So that's why I said fifty, but everything is four nine. Okay, cool, very cool. So that that's awesome. So um, we're almost. Oh, actually, I also wanted to talk about your your blog that you have. So can you go over a little bit about the blog? Um. So I started the blog back in. Um, and the idea of it was kind of just to like put out information that I feel like isn't really out there um, for the type 1 diabetic community I mean when I started CrossFit like I was constantly googling because I was like what is going on with my blood sugars or like like are there other athletes that are type 1 diabetic that like you know, do CrossFit, and I was trying to find out all this information, and I just, like, I just felt like there was nothing really out there, Mm. um, and I mean, I feel like every type of diabetic is more, like, tuned in with their body than, like, the general population, um, but I, as an athlete, like, there's definitely different things you have to consider, and I think just, like, the lack of information is not great especially for like parents like yeah my mom was saying like all this stuff like i'm writing about she's like if i'd known all that stuff when you were a kid and you were playing sports like that would have been amazing yeah um so like when i do write a blog and i post it i usually like there's a couple local groups um and just like groups on facebook that i post it to um i'm part of this like it's like northwest like type 1 diabetic families and so I usually post it there too and like I've had a lot of people um, a lot of feedback on that group be like oh my gosh like please keep sharing like this is awesome like thank you so much Yeah. Um, because being someone who has almost 20 years of experience like as a type 1 diabetic and an athlete like I have a lot of personal experience and granted you know not everybody's body reacts the same but that's also why I research what I put out there. Like, I'm not just putting out, like, I do put out personal information. Yeah. Um, 
but it's backed by what I'm researching too. So yeah, I mean, it's just based on your experience. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of people in the fitness industry are pimping like a lot of stuff, saying like, "Oh, this is right" or "This is right," and they're it's completely false or like supplements and stuff like that. Just pretty much, just so they can make money. So pretty much, so it's and it's really hard to actually get people that actually speak the truth and like actually redo the research on everything so and i and like i was i was looking over your blog and like i said before like the cheesecake meal looks really good and his other like the other articles that you have on there are like super informative to to diabetics especially with working out and so i are you trying to expand it a little bit more or like what, what's your thoughts about the blog yeah it will definitely um, it's just definitely kind of been on hold for the time being. Um, but I have like probably like four other blogs I just need to like, like basically write that have been like already outlined and stuff and just like finish touching them up and then put them on the page. Um, I have like a lot of ideas for some really good content and, um, a lot of it's just like really like how your body reacts to certain things. And I think like at least when I was a kid and like things I've learned now is like how much your body reacts in regards to different things and like how your hormones are affected. Um, and not only that, so like I'm a type one diabetic as is my cousin, but in my family alone, um, we have like, like almost everyone has an autoimmune disease. Yep. <laughs> um, so we've, we're all very much like into researching what is like what is affecting you why it could be affecting you and maybe not everything is a hard answer um but there's information out there and it's it's good to just share it and get other people involved because someone might know something you don't know or have a different perspective um and i just think it's a good idea uh, to just like get the information to the people who need it um, and then also with my blog too like I think one of the things I wanted to promote is also that like fitness and being active is just people with type 1 diabetes and there's just like so many things that could go wrong I think if you don't live an active lifestyle yep. that by living an active lifestyle with type 1 you're just like kind of throwing those things out the door um and not to like toot my own horn or anything <laughs> but like you know 20 years of being a type 1 diabetic I've never passed out I've never been to ER like I've never been hospitalized um or anything and like my A1C is below six so awesome and yeah and I like that's something I've, I I've tried really hard to keep it that way um and I think I will say part of that is my doctor as a child uh, only treated adults. Yeah. <laughs> Except for me. I was his only, like, patient that was a child. And he treated me like an adult, which was actually very scary. So sometimes when I would go to appointments, I would be very scared that I would be in trouble. But my A1C has never been above nine. So even, I mean, other than diagnosis, it was like, I think, 11. Yeah. Um, but he kept me like in very good control and I didn't like now I see people on Facebook or like Instagram who are like you know older than me and like my A1C is like 10 and I'm like how can you live like that yeah 
know? Yep. Don't you feel horrible? Yeah. I mean, with me, when I first got diagnosed, it was like 11.5. And then I think within like nine months, I got it all the way down to like 5.8. And so... Yeah. And so then... That's but awesome. But then... Then I was eating like an a-hole and just decided to eat – to eat like more like sugary treats and stuff like that. Now it's up to like seven. But I'm like trying to bring it back down and not be like that, you know, eat like an a-hole guy. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like hey, – I mean, We all have those days. Oh, yeah. We I mean I'm, listen, I ain't going to lie. If my wife asks for, asks for ice cream, I'm going to get it. So, you know, even yeah. though I'm, I'm no. trying not to. Ice cream. Oh. Like I have no self-control when it comes to ice cream. I nope. just take a lot of insulin. Yeah, me too. Like I, if it's if it's chocolate chip cookie dough, forget it. Like game over. Like I'm going to town on that on that jar. So it's it's I can't I can't help it. And plus there's a there's a yeah. place there's a place called I don't know if it's in your area, but there's a place called Culver's. Have you heard of it? No, we don't have that. Okay, so what they do no. is they they have. They have homemade custard, and you can add. They call it cement mixers. So they have the custard, and you add in like whatever, whatever like you know, candy or whatever you want in there. So I always go for like the cookie dough and Reese's peanut butter cup, like cement mixer, like, and it's like almost. I think I get it maybe like twice a week, if that. Like lately, and I'm like, I'm really gonna stop this. So because it's like, yeah, it's it's like an addiction. Yeah, yeah. It's literally like two minutes down the road, and it's not even like, and it's so easy to get to, and it's like. Gosh, I wish you were like ten miles away. It'd be like I wouldn't go. Yeah, that's literally like one of the things I have to just not buy. I have like a huge sweet tooth. Yeah. So I have to just like completely avoid buying food that are sweet because, like, when I do, I'm like, well, I have it. I'm gonna eat it, but I shouldn't. Or yeah. Like, you know, have a portion size, not like go crazy. <laughs> Nice. So, uh, we're getting close to the end. So, um, I have, we have a couple of questions left. So, um, where can people reach out to you on like social media, your blog, or anything else that you wanted to uh, promote? Um. Well, my blog it's toughbydesignblog.com. dot com. Um. And then, actually, I lied. It's toughbydesign.com. But my you can also reach out to me on my email, which is toughbydesignblog at gmail.com. And then my Instagram page, which is like my T1D kind of all my CrossFit stuff is toughbydesignt1d. So. All right, cool. And then, uh, so what would you tell a new trainer that's getting into the business what to expect? Um, I mean, it's funny because... I have totally different expectations, I think, than, like, the average person who's going to become a personal trainer or, like, a coach. Um, But, and also, I just have had a different experience of, like, what the fitness industry is, too. Um, But, I mean, just don't, like, for me, working for, like, someone who like I work for a small business and like I know the people I work for and I can I agree with the way they do things and they're very open like we have a really good team um and that's really important to me like being able to communicate with the people who um I'm working with and 
I feel like if you don't have good communication or you're just working for someone, you don't even know who you're really working for. Like, how can you, how can you be more educated? Like, unless you're just doing it by yourself. Um, you know, like I have a really good support system. So like my, my owners, like they want us to be educated. They want us to be certified and like they make sure like, like our performance and, um, like if there's a complaint or anything or like a, like hey you're doing great like we hear it right away um so just like looking for like a good place to work makes all the difference i'd say yeah yeah i, I totally agree totally agree and so um last question so what would you expect what, what would you tell a new diabetic what to expect for the rest of their life Um, it's gonna suck. That's what I always have to say. It will suck so bad. Um, but then it gets easier and easier and easier and then you don't even notice it. And it's just like you're in um, pilot mode. Hopefully, if you take good care of yourself, I yeah. suppose. But, um, you know, I think with diabetes, you have to take every day one at a time too. Like, you can't expect that every day is gonna go well. Um, even if the day before did and so kind of just being adaptable and flexible and like okay with the fact that like your day does flow like not every day is going to be perfect and on those days where it's not perfect like don't hate yourself you know um you can't always control everything and our bodies do crazy like crazy shit especially if you're a female like honestly like your menstrual cycle changes everything. I was actually talking to someone on um, Instagram about that today who's another type 1 diabetic. Like, your hormones fluctuate so much, and you kind of just have to, like, give yourself some, like, benefit of the doubt that you're doing okay. Um, and then just, like, just go with the flow. Trust yourself a little bit. Yeah, I've, I've heard from, like, the teenage years are kind of difficult with all the hormones change as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My blood sugars were not great then. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I just want to thank you for for coming on to the show. I really do appreciate it, and it was about time that we actually started connecting. We could be connecting and actually did this. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you very much for doing this, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right. Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type One Lifting. So, Type One Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www.type1lifting.com. So just check it out. If you don't buy anything, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like i said before www.type1lifting.com and guys i hope you enjoy the show